0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your I host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Matthewson wor- wasn't worried about? S I E R A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there and on the other, other side
1: of the screen team team is
0: Daniel Kern.
1: Like, if we just clipped together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore.
0: And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Giant. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel?
1: Chris, it's been a, been a weird couple of days for me we were supposed to record yesterday but i went to bed on sunday and woke up on monday feeling like i was on my deathbed but uh we're better now i was sick yesterday and uh we're we're still pushing through
0: yeah uh yeah and for you know for those uh concerned yeah daniel was put on the one day il yeah and uh was reinstated on tuesday july uh, 20th um and you know we're able we're able to get this uh, podcast in, and yeah, we're uh, you know, I mean, I guess we kind of uh, was w- we're waiting for topics to talk about, but really not much has come up. There's uh, only only a few topics topics to talk about.
1: Um, uh, they actually asked me if, if I wanted to do a rehab assignment, uh, but I I declined. <laughs> I went I was like, no, put me back on the big league club.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were uh yeah, they were trying to get you on a on a different podcast to uh on a, on a even even lower level podcast than us and uh, try to try to try to get you there, you know, one of our affiliations of course at Above Replacement Radio, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh yeah, we we skipped that, you know. We we he needed to be contrib- contributing to the Big League Club, so uh he's back. That's right. Good to see after uh after going on the one day il you know you never know how people are going to recover uh from the one one day il uh but yeah only only a couple talks to talk about i think the biggest news of the week was um you know you don't you don't usually see things like this uh happen in the middle of the season but the white Sox did uh pretty much exactly what they were supposed to do and they extended lance lynn uh two years 38 million dollars and uh is there an option at the end of that?
1: Um that is a great question, and I can check that
0: because I was right now. curious. He's in his age 34 season age currently, 34. so yes. uh, the contract definitely covers his age 35 and 36 seasons. And, yeah, there
1: is a club option at the end of it.
0: Okay, yeah. A club option at the end of it. Uh yeah, two years 38 million with a club option. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this was uh, this is this is what you needed to do uh, uh, as the White Sox.
1: Yeah, uh, this Lance Lynn is leading the American League currently with a one point nine four earned run average. Uh, he is a he has a good fit as well because he strikes a lot of guys out. He throws strikes, you know, puts it in the zone. There is really nothing. There is I don't really see any downside to this deal. Uh, Lance Lynn is. He's always, he's always been a very good pitcher. He had one bad season in 2018. Uh, that was his second full season coming off of Tommy John surgery. But, yeah, I remember, yeah. like, I mean, he's, he's had quite the comeback because I remember essentially laughing at the Rangers for giving him 10 mil a year uh, in his age 32 season. And now the White Sox are giving him 19 mil a year uh, from age 35 on. And I'm like, yeah, good for them. That's the right move
0: yeah yeah he went like there was that uh he was in that playoff game against the red Sox. uh with Mm -hmm. when it was the yankees with his shaven face which i can't imagine he was a a big fan of and i'm pretty sure i I heard he fell off the mound on one of those pitches Mm -hmm. because i was listening on the radio at the time because i was on the way back from something but yeah it was uh it was not a good scene. It did not look good for Lance Lynn. And then it just got that random three year, $30 million deal. And it like, it couldn't have worked out better for the Rangers. And then, you know, they ended up pulling off that trade. And I mean, I'm uh, looking up, I'm looking up uh, where Lance Lynn might rank uh, in B war since 2019. I imagine he's got to be at least he's top be, five.
1: Yeah. It might be like the and then Lynn.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Single season totals. Not looking for that. Uh, Combined seasons or careers since 2019. Yeah. Lance Lynn is number two, right behind uh, Jacob deGrom. Called it. Yeah. It's, it's something, you know, he's, he has definitely been uh, one of the best run preventers, uh, especially considering like the defenses that have been uh, behind him before, uh, before Chicago uh, in, in Texas. Yeah. He has a, since 2019, a three, one, six ERA, um, at 27.5% strikeout percentage, 152 ERA plus in, uh, 390 innings. And I think he's been one of the biggest, uh, biggest grinders out there. I'm pretty sure too. I think he's up there in terms of innings pitched, uh, since 2019, I, I know he led the league in the year 2020, Uh, Lance Lynn is fifth in innings pitch since 2019 he's taken a little bit of a Mm -hmm. step back this year but yeah it's uh, and I think it sets you know the White Sox have been setting up for like the early 2020s to mid 2020s and uh, this is just another deal that that sets them up for success in the in the very near future
1: yeah it certainly does Uh, you know I think the next move is figure out a way to keep Carlos Rodon Pretty clearly, um, because, I mean, that guy is the favorite for Cy Young right now. He leads the American League in virtually every stat, except for ERA, like Lance Lynn does. But, you know, he's been incredible this year. And, you know, Lance Lynn, I mean, yeah, of course, this was a guy that you wanted to extend. You know, this was a guy that uh, has always, you know, like I mentioned, always been a good pitcher. But he really redefined himself uh, in Texas. And he's done that same thing in Chicago. He also brings, you know, a veteran presence. Uh, you know, I think people, a lot of people forget that when Tony La Russa uh, had that episode where he taught, where he was fine with the twins throwing at Mercedes, you know, Lance Lynn straight up, you know, he came forward and said, well, you know, I've been in the game for 10 years. And, you know, the, the atmosphere has changed. Keep in mind, Lance Lynn debuted with Tony La Russa as his manager for the 2011 Cardinals. So, I mean, you know, that's the guy who brought you into the league and, you know, Lance Lynn was kind of standing up to him that's the kind of guy the White Sox want in the clubhouse, and it's the kind of guy they're going to have for at least the next, you know, two years beyond this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great point you bring up there. Like, that's a that's a team, that's someone, you know, that uh, teammates want to be around mm-hmm. and teammates want in the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, and he's, you know, it's he's gone, yeah, he's gone a little bit under the radar, but he, he has been, uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball since the start of 2019. And that's not, it's not really a small sample size uh, whatsoever thrown almost 400 innings in the span. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't really have much to say much else to say on it. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a great deal for Lance Lynn. It's a great deal for the white Sox. I mean, they've, they keep locking up guys. I mean, you, you didn't expect, uh, Carlos Rodon to be what he was this year, but I mean, you know, they have, I know they have Keuchel through the end of next year. Uh, you know, Giolito's under control for a while. So is Jimenez and Robert, uh, and, uh, yeah, Jimenez got signed that deal before he ever, uh, before he ever got on the major league field. Um, you know, Tim Anderson is under control for a uh, for for a good amount of time. I think through 2023 or something like that.
1: Yeah, he's got to see his club options for two years.
0: Yep, and then uh, yeah, they've got Grundall for through uh, 2023. Yeah, they're they've set themselves up so that they don't have to make too many big decisions. Uh, come off season time, just maintaining the roster, they're doing a, an extremely good job of that. They traded for Lancelin uh, this past o- off season, which was a very, very uh, smart move to do. And uh, now they're doing an even better move in extending him. It's uh, good to see uh, from, from a White Sox perspective. Uh, anything more on this deal?
1: No, I got nothing. Uh, that's, it's a good move. Like it's the move that the White Sox, like it's a move that tells us that they are actually committed to winning, not just this year, but going forward.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I wonder if there's any any uh, unique stat cast things on Lance Lynn. I don't like I we, think... We've
1: come a long way since the Grand dog contract was the biggest one the franchise has ever given out. Like it still is, but you know, since then they've signed Liam Hendricks, they've extended Jose Abreu, they've extended Lance Lynn. Like this team has has broken their narrative of not spending too much. Uh, in pursuit of winning games. And I think that's something that every fan would be happy to see. doesn't matter if they're a White Sox fan or not. You know, it's good to see teams. And granted, yes, they are in Chicago. They're in a large market. But, you know, they're not a franchise that notoriously spends a lot of money. Uh, and they're doing it now. So, I mean, good for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think they know what they have. I, n- I think they know what the possibilities are with this team. You know, there's potential there's, you know, potential for a championship and yeah. potential for multiple championships uh, in, you know, this year and uh, and in the future. So, you know, luckily they've identified that and, uh, and stuck with it and, you know, put some financial commitment to that in order to uh, make sure that this train keeps moving uh, on the south side. Uh, yeah, so... That's the, uh, that's the Lance Lynn deal. Uh, big congrats to him and the White Sox and White Sox fans. Uh, other, other big news, you know, Lance Lynn, he's uh, second in B war, second in pitcher B war since the start of 2019, the man in first place, uh, in that category is now going to the IL Jacob deGrom, uh, making his second trip to the IL and uh, you know, probably the two worst, uh, two two worst uh, indicators in uh, in baseball forearm, t- you know, in terms of words, forearm tightness. Uh, you know, going on the IL. I mean, I imagine it comes back. I, I imagine it's not too severe, but it just doesn't. It 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 doesn't. It never looks good. Forearm tightness just never looks good.
1: No, it doesn't. Uh, You know, we can only hope for the best because, I mean, you and I both know what the worst-case scenario is in this scenario. Um, But, you know, what does this say about DeGrom, you know, his pitching style? Because, I mean, he is the hardest-throwing starting pitcher in the league. He's probably the – he might be the hardest-throwing starting pitcher of all time. Uh, And, you know, this is what we're looking at with him where – he, he's going to the I.L. for the second time. Uh, he's gotten, I think, four. Um, it's not it's not a good look for... Uh, I, mean, I think I think DeGrom, if he had to lay off the fastball velocity, he would still be fine because his curveball and, and his off-speed are still ridiculously good, his slider. But, like, I don't know. Do we think that he's going to have to start laying off the fastball?
0: I don't know. I mean... I wonder if it would change his, um, I wonder if it would change, you know, how if he decided to, I don't know, try, I don't know if he can consciously take a couple miles per hour off his fastball. I think it would, it would change him completely mentally. And I don't see, I don't see that being an adjustment that he makes uh, unfortunately. Cause I, I think, and I don't want to put, bad uh, juju into the air and I really hope it doesn't happen but I think mm-hmm. uh, I think De is going to end up um, being told he needs Tom and John surgery by the end of like 2022 unfortunately yeah. uh, but th- all the signs are kind of pointing that way he's getting you know he's multiple IL stints this year you know it, at one point it was general right side tightness now it's forearm tightness And it's, I think it's going to get progressively worse with each time he throws because obviously he's going to keep throwing. And uh, I think we've just seen this too many times. And, you know, we, you, you really hope it never happens with someone uh, as great as DeGrom is, but I think it's, it's almost inevitable at this point.
1: Yeah, you know, it's sad that, like, we were looking at one of the greatest pitching seasons of all time. And, you know, I, I know that this is only a 10-day IL stand. This feels like something that goes beyond 10 days.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, per, like, personally, I mean, uh, it, you know, every every case is different. but It
1: would be a shame if, you know, this is how one of the greatest pitching seasons of all time ends. And we're talking about, you know, how we have done if he got to he much of that 100
0: Yeah, uh, we've we've seen this um, we've seen this in our like our own uh, personal experience, and I know every case is different, but uh, you know with Chris Sale, uh, you know we saw this was a an odd situation where in 2018 he went on the IL with uh, it was shoulder fatigue, then he came back for one start had this amazing start. He looked great. He, he's thrown uh, as hard as he was all season. Then um, <clears throat> then uh, then he went back on the IL with that same shoulder fatigue and all in all, about you know, 15 months uh, after the first IL stint, or actually no, much uh, further like 20 months after that. Then he got uh, diagnosed for, for Tommy John surgery. And he was told he needed to needed to have Tommy John surgery. So it's not always a, it's definitely never really a like, you know, two week, four week process. Uh, it can take, it can take place over multiple years. And I kind of, I just kind of see that with happening with uh, with Jacob Gram, unfortunately, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, I just kind of see that process being laid out for him, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I hope you're wrong as well. You know, I want to see Jacob deGrom go out there and dominate as much as I can. You know, this is probably, you know, this stretch that he's had between 2018 and now is probably the greatest, you know, multiple year stretch of pitching I've ever seen in my entire life. And, you know, granted, I'm only 21. It's not like I've been around that long. But I mean, you know, this is this is. You know, once in a generation, if that type of pitching we've been seeing from Degrom, and you know, it's it's a guy that you want to see out there as much as you can.
0: Yeah, this is, you know, it's probably the most dominating stretch since, uh, you know, ninety nine to o two Randy Johnson or nineteen ninety seven to two thousand Pedro. I mean, uh, maybe you throw uh Johan Santana's name in there. I'm not sure, but Degrom might be you know, his numbers might be, uh, even better.
1: I, I was going to say, I think they would be as well.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it would be, t- and this is, uh, this is his best year so far. Uh, it's so far it's been better than, uh, all the other years in, in this stretch, but you know, it, his, his, uh, velocity has incrementally increased. It's gone up like almost five miles per hour in the last five years. Uh, so, and you know, it's a positive thing, but it can do some stress to your elbow. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been re- any reported elbow problems, but forearm tightness, uh, is usually an indicator just last year. Ju- uh, Justin Verlander went on the aisle with forearm tightness. And then about a month later, he said he needed uh, Tommy John surgery, which, uh, was, also very unfortunate but these are things that these are these are how the sequence of events plays out again hope i'm wrong but uh but yeah and i think the indications are obvious to how negative it would be for not only the mets not only jacob degrom but for all of baseball um anything anything more on on the potential here with uh, jacob degrom
1: i think that's all i had
0: um I mean, I, I guess if he's on the IL for longer than 10 days, I, I think it might change how we view the National League East. But, I mean, I, the National League East is so weird in general right now.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, like, there are four teams that could conceivably win the division.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at these standings on the phone here. Yeah, I mean... uh The Mets almost got swept by the Pirates. They came back on Sunday, but Phillies two and a half back Braves still four and a half back Nationals six back. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I guess, you know, the Mets have been injured before and done. Okay. I think the Mets still definitely the favorites, but uh, even potentially without DeGrom, but I don't know. It might shake up things a little bit, but I'm not sure thinking back now
1: yep um by the way we were just speaking of the NLEs we were talking about this off air uh Juan Soto has collected one F war a total win above replacement in four games since the all-star break
0: oh yeah (laughs) yeah uh and shout out to
1: five home runs five home runs hit in four games uh slash line of 588 650 1588 uh, I don't even know what that sum would be, but it, it'd be at least, what, like a 2,100 OPS in four games. And it is four games, but, I mean, it is also a 2,000-plus two, OPS and one win-above replacement in four games.
0: Is it 588 plus 1,588? <laughs> um, no, 650 plus 1,588. Oh, okay. I think that's in the 2,200 range. Probably. Uh, 650 plus 1588, 2238. That's is OPS. <laughs> uh, I'm looking, at, I'm going to look at his uh, stat cast in this span. What, what is a uh, hard hit percentage, barrel percentages? It's got to yeah. be.
1: He's had, he's had 20 plate appearances. He's hit five home runs, uh, eight runs scored, 11 RBI. Eleven RBI in four games. I know we don't look at RBI, but that's crazy.
0: It is. It is crazy. It's uh, absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah, July sixteen is the date. So yeah, twenty five percent home run percentage. That's pretty good. I think that puts him at a good uh, a good pace. Uh, seventy one percent hard hit percentage. Uh, five barrels in. Twenty plate appearances, five barrels on. Five barrels on fourteen batted ball events. So over, thirty-three percent of his batted ball events have been barrels, which are you know barrels are pretty rare. The league average is about seven percent. He's five of his fourteen uh, batted ball events have been that is good have been barrels. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really something. And uh, shout out to shout out to Sarah Langs who there was a yep. there was an article featured on baseball savant where she was saying that, uh, he's due to have a giant second half. And I don't think she expected this much this early, but I mean, it's crazy, I, but she did point out some, uh, really interesting things about, you know, obviously there's uh, if you watch the home run derby, Soto said that the home run derby was going to fix his swing because he was hitting too many ground balls. And, uh, I mean, you know, looking early at it, out of 14 batted ball events, uh, only six have been uh, ground balls. So he's below, he, he's, he, he was at a 55.4% ground ball rate before uh, the second half started. And uh, now, since. The home run derby is at uh, 42.9%. So I guess, you know, in the small sample size, it's gone down a little bit. And uh, she also pointed out the difference in slugging and expected slugging. It was about 100 You know, it's
1: funny because Soto had the eighth lowest average launch angle in the 2020 season. And he also had an 1185 OPS with the eighth lowest launch angle. Yeah. 4.3 degrees.
0: Yeah, launch angle, it's just usually very independent unless you're like in the negatives then probably not great but
1: yeah
0: but uh yeah I mean it's pretty uh independent how you do but yeah I mean it's it's uh pretty amazing what he's been and like no chumps either I mean he I guess you know he played the Marlins last night but he he was doing this against the Padres and their Mm. pitching staff
1: most of it was against the Padres
0: yeah, most yeah, three out of four games against the Padres. You know, they I think their bullpen ERA is either top or very close to it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good to see, uh, from, from Juan Soto, some positive news out of the National League East. Uh, Juan Soto just I'm absolutely baseballs. mashing baseballs. Uh, yeah the the average batted ball from uh Soto since the start of the All-Star break has a 97.7 mile per hour exit velocity that's great um as many yeah more home runs than strikeouts he's got five home runs three strikeouts three walks yeah it's great uh hopefully he's uh, able to continue it you know it's putting on a show for sure um anything more uh, we got uh we had an interesting Interesting social media moment last night. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. We we definitely need to talk about that. Um, yeah, everyone's, you know, the most anticipated collab uh, of the century, of course. Travis Scott posted on his Instagram story a picture of him and Rob Manfred, which was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It, I don't care. It, it, was, was, it was an absolutely beautiful picture.
0: Yeah, like it was one... Out of all the pictures uh, from last night, that's probably the one I, I least expect I least expected to see.
1: Yeah, I, I'm surprised either of them knew who the other was. And also, like, how much of Travis Scott's, like, fan base do you think knew who that was? Like,
0: 5%? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a – I'm not sure – like, I'm not sure uh, – because if you say Rob Manfred, I think you get – more people would know that than know his face so like you know how many Mm -hmm. know who Rob Manfred is and how many would recognize Rob Manfred in a picture like that
1: yeah like what what context could it have been where they were hanging out like is, is MLB doing some marketing thing with Travis Scott that's what I hope it is because I think that'll attract a a newer audience into the game which is you know that's always you know that we are always welcoming that
0: yeah yeah I mean I could see yeah I could see something happening with marketing and him I mean that guy he's he's already had a a meal a meal named after him at McDonald's so he's he's a good marketer for himself and uh and brands so I mean there's potential there I'm not I'm not sure Uh, I I don't
1: know like what other what other context do you think they would have been hanging out in
0: yeah, I don't see them run for some like, reason. Are, I don't they just, see them are they just partying? The are they just circles. partying together? Yeah.
1: <laughs> they probably were. Ran Ranfred looked. Uh, he looked like he was having a good time. I'll say that. He was, one. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: For some reason, I don't think they run in the same circles, but maybe that's just maybe that's just me uh, generalizing. I'm not I- sure. I
1: joked about this. I joked about this with you last night. But what if Travis Scott like set up a meeting with Manfred to discuss the issues in Major League Baseball? yeah <laughs> like imagine he was like listen man like you see these minor leaguers like every every day you know they're living out of cars they're sleeping in random places that they shouldn't be sleeping like they're not yeah! it's very dehumanizing and you need to you know you make billions and billions of dollars of revenue every year you need to you need to allow your minor leaguers to to live you know on a livable wage
0: Straight up. yeah right? that would be a shock like he that would be a good way to lure um manfred and he's like i want to I want to uh, do a marketing thing with MLB, and then he just he just traps him in, and he's just talking about real real issues that yeah. act, that baseball fans really care about.
1: Listen, man, you better put the universal DH in next year. Straight up, yeah. <laughs> no one, nobody wants to see a pitcher hitting. All right. No. Yeah.
0: Straight up. It, the <laughs> the reason, uh, it turns out the reason that Manfred was is down on the uh, seven inning double headers is because of Travis Scott. Uh (laughs) they met before and he's like yeah you know what I talked to a good friend of mine and uh we're not we're not doing the seven inning double headers yeah Travis Scott's just like I I don't think that's a legit game I think it you know it minimizes the integrity of these games and with the COVID being less of an issue I think we I think we need to get rid of it for next year yeah
1: you know it's it's not a good look on the game when Madison Baumgartner throws a no-hitter but it doesn't count because of a rule that he had no control over
0: yeah exactly yeah we 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 can't rob these guys of history you know yeah no. we can't be doing these things
1: that would have been another great moment in his his already storied career
0: (laughs) yep exactly and uh actually wait a second because there are travis travis scott sound effects out there so if uh Travis Scott, uh, yeah, sound effect. You know, I think. Well, that's not a good sound effect, but. That's just. Uh, no nope.
1: sicko mode.
0: Yeah, that's just sicko mode. So, apparently not. But I know he has. I know he has those uh, wine, like those uh sound effects at the end of some of his lines, where he's like, yeah. "It's lit" or uh, "Straight up." I know he says it differently, but those would be funny to add at the end of uh, statements about Major League Baseball. Yeah, uh, the, it, just a weird, uh, weird yeah. scenario happening there, but you got to love it. You got to love to see that.
1: Admittedly, I'm not really someone who laughs out loud, like genuinely a lot. When I saw that picture, I I was, I, I, it cured my entire sickness, honestly.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, it yeah. It...
1: <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, the mo- the biggest, the biggest curveball you could have given us, uh, mm-hmm. last night. It was uh, really something. All right, so I guess that leads into the part we've most prepared for. Really, the only part we've prepared for uh, today, since there yep. really hasn't been go- much going on. Outside of the luckily, luckily that Lance Lynn deal happened. Uh, Otherwise, not much. Um, But the the part we've most prepared for now for our uh, Tuesday, July twentieth, twenty twenty one edition of. Who do you have for us today,
1: Chris? uh, You and I. We try to, you know, we try to make sure that every team is represented, every fan base. you know, in these segments and just in the show in general. Uh, but, you know, every now and then we do have some players and teams that we do openly root for. You know, we have, we're not shy about who we really like in the league, who we really don't like. You know, we both, you know, everyone knows that we're Red Sox fans. Uh, so, with that being said, my how about that is Robert Glenn Ray. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: because he deserves it. He leads the American League in ERA since June 1st with a two eleven. He also has 12.69 Ks per nine, 2.52 FIP, and a 1.8 FWAR, which are all second in the American League since June 1st. The only person above him is Carlos Rodon. And he's done the thing that I've been, that I've been wishing for this, the entire time that I've been obsessed with him. His walk rate has dropped 11.9% from where it was in 2020, which is by far the largest difference in baseball, the largest drop in baseball between those two years. His walk rate is currently in the 81st percentile in baseball after never being above the 32nd percentile in his entire career. And also his fastball velocity is at a career high, 95.2 miles an hour. And when I talked about Robbie Ray before the season started, one thing I mentioned is that he has a lot of uh, parallels to Randy Johnson's career through their age, 28 seasons. And uh, where Robbie Ray is now, he's in his age, 29 season, Randy Johnson His age 29 season was 1993, also the first year that he really showed signs of being a strong pitcher in baseball. Uh, So Robbie Ray has made 18 starts in 2021. Comparing that to Randy Johnson's first 18 starts in 1993, Robbie Ray has a better ERA, a better ERA plus, a better strikeouts per nine, and a better walks per nine. Uh, He is continuing through the path of Randy Johnson. Uh, And, you know, obviously this is the easy part if you're going to completely – completely do Randy Johnson's career over again but I mean we are finally seeing who Robbie Ray can be you know he had a great 2017 but he also had a relatively high walk rate that year this year he's pretty much cut the walks essentially in half uh from what his career numbers are and he is showing signs of being a legitimate ace he is entering the Cy Young conversation as we speak and I am so happy for him
0: yeah Robbie Ray Yeah. I mean, legit same, I mean, yeah, kind of same career path as, uh, as Randy Johnson uh, just based on the fact that um, based on the fact that, uh, you know, both struggled with walks um, early in their career and it limited them from being uh, that effective uh, as, as starters. And, Robbie Ray, in his age twenty nine season, the same way Randy Johnson in his age twenty nine season, uh, just turns turns it around. Um, and Randy Johnson actually had a, pre- it was a pretty inspiring thing for how he was able to turn it around. I don't think Ray had uh, the exact same thing. I think he just did. Aiden, it
1: did he like? He must have like talked to Jacob Degrom or something, right?
0: Um. Oh right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Johnson Johnson yeah Johnson also spoke to Nolan Ryan uh, That's what I it. thought
1: you were referring to
0: But um yeah there was a Nolan or Johnson also uh Randy Johnson's father like passed away like close mm. to 1993 mm. or like before the 93 season I'm pretty sure and uh Johnson was like you know I have to I have to um make sure Make sure to make him proud, or, or uh, something like that. Check out uh, part one, episode eighty eight, for more context on that situation. But Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray is doing similar. Like, uh, odd to say, it sounds ridiculous, but he's doing similar things to Randy Johnson, uh, in the uh, in the age range of Randy Johnson. Yeah, maybe he pitches till he's forty five. I don't know. Uh, that would that would be very hard. I mean, doesn't mean he wins.
1: He wins twenty twenty three Cy Young. Guaranteed.
0: Oh yeah. And then he just goes on a ridiculous twenty twenty seven to twenty thirty run. Yeah. So be be on the lookout for that. Uh and he wins and uh whatever team he's on, twenty twenty nine World Series champions, whatever team he lands on.
1: In a game seven walk off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Robbie Ray out.
1: wins co M V P of the World Series with another pitcher.
0: With a yeah, with another pitcher who uh that would also mean
1: uh in 2029 spring training it kills a bird
0: yeah so unfortunately for that bird uh rest in peace to that bird uh in uh in the in the future but we're not calling it but but we are uh my my uh how about that you know i'm not i'm not quite the stan of uh of this guy as, um, as you are of your guy, but he was, he was a 2020 player to watch of mine. And, uh, he's, you know, I point him out because, uh, he's, uh, he grew up in Hebron, Connecticut, uh, out of, uh, he was like, he, he grew up like 25 minutes away from where I currently, uh, live AJ Pollock. Uh, and A.J. Pollock has just been dominating the month of July. I said he wasn't in the lineup uh, off record, but actually he came in as a pinch hitter and had two plate appearances, and luckily he went one for two, upholding, uh, upholding his July resume. A.J. Pollock in July is hitting 383 with a 1368 OPS. Also in July, his hard hit rate is 61.8%, and his barrel rate... Is twenty six point five percent on batted ball events. His his uh, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show the barrel rate, the average that's barrel gotta, rate.
1: That's got to lead the league, right? Um, like I
0: maybe will Soto. Uh, I I wasn't sure how to get barrel rate um on Statcaster, but I do have
1: I where he it. ranks
0: in barrels in the month of July. Uh, his line drive rate is also forty seven point one percent in uh in the month of July, the average line drive rate is around 25%. He's at 47.1%. So along with the homers, he's able to uh, get line drives. And he is currently tied with <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, and Fernando Tatis Jr. for the most <laughs> barrels in the month of July with nine. Uh, it's, it's funny to have that company, that he has that company with him. It's almost better than if he just stood alone with uh, most barrels in july vladimir Guerrero jr shohei otani and fernando tatis jr that's the level uh, pollock has been at in terms of getting those barrels and lastly pollock is tied for the lead in home runs and has the lead in slugging and ops for the month of july so aj pollock
1: about that. uh, shout uh out let to me you. let me follow up your your barrel rate question uh, okay interesting uh so there are let's see how many players so in the month of july there are 183 players that have 25 batted balls and among them aj pollock's barrel rate is second just behind shohei otani nice yeah
0: not a bad guy to be behind
1: not at all ahead of Vlad jr ahead of fernando tatis jr reese hoskins Aaron judge uh and that's people that are you know they're they're up there in the rankings
0: all right i guess i should have uh, gone a little deeper but i didn't know That's that was right. a possibility to go uh in depth with that all right so now we go from uh, the highs to the lows we're we're talking players and subjects that have been uh underperforming so for our tuesday july 20th 2021 edition of slightly Uh, so who do you have for us today
1: yeah uh, AJ Pollock you know it's very lucky you know this guy is very lucky that AJ Pollock has been performing the way that he has because this other Dodgers outfielder uh, has not been performing that well or even close to it I'm talking about Cody Bellinger today Uh, he's been really struggling pretty much the whole season Uh, you know and he's had injury issues as well but regardless on the field This year he is slashing 164, 283, 276, 559 with 62 weighted runs created plus. Um, His K rate is is over 10% more than what it was in 2019 when he won MVP. And the particularly alarming things are what he's done recently. Since June 28th, uh, he is slashing 082, 186, 131, 317, uh, in 70 plate appearances over 17 games. And he is last among 181 qualifiers in the entire quadruple slash line since then, with negative one weighted runs created plus and negative 0.06 uh, or negative 0.6 FR. Both of those are last as well. And one thing that I always look at with slumps or guys doing really well is a change in launch angle, a change in batted ball tendencies. Uh, Bellinger's average launch angle on the season has skyrocketed to 23 degrees after his previous career high in a season was 17.8 degrees. So he's popping the ball up a lot more. And, you know, I in theory, he could be playing through an injury. You know, he could still be hurt, and that's why he's been performing this way. But regardless, like, he's not doing anything to help the club from an on-field perspective.
0: Uh, yeah, Cody Bellinger. Slightly alarming. Uh, and uh, as we predicted before – the show uh yeah we have the same slightly alarming um you uh you went since since june 28th i I think that's the better sample i just went since he came off uh his second il sin which i mean i don't know if he's like yeah i'm not sure if he's healthy or not but i mean he came off the, the il for the second time and since then he's hitting 111 with the 486 ops in 88 plate appearances And since that IL stint, his out of 181 qualifiers, uh, since coming off that IL, he's 181st in average, which is last, clearly. Uh, 176th in on base percentage, 177th in slugging, and 179th in OPS. And uh, you mentioned the change in launch angle. His pop up rate in the span is 20%, which is almost triple uh, league average. Uh, Yeah. Pop-ups are, you know, any anything above 50 degrees in launch angle that's a pop-up. Uh, Bellinger is at 20% since coming off that second ILSton so I don't know if it's, I don't know if it really would be an injury if you're just, if you're popping the ball up. I mean, there's not much of a change in exit velocity the same way. Um, like uh, Matt Chapman was someone you uh, mentioned you had as a slightly alarming uh, several weeks ago. And there is was a big change in exit velocity because there might be a lingering injury from, from last year, Cody Bellinger. I don't, I don't think there's a much of a change in exit velocity. It's just, you know, the,
1: no, I think his career exit field is at a career high.
0: Yeah. It's, season. it's not that he's not, it's not him having a lack of power or zip behind the ball. It's uh, him having more strikeouts have him having more pop up. So it might not be an injury at all. It might be uh, just a, a bad, a bad, uh, approach or, you know, just going on a big slump. So I don't know how much health has to do with it, but yeah, Cody Bellinger, uh, for both of us getting, getting the slightly alarming. So yeah, unfortunate for, uh, for him and the Dodgers, but AJ Pollock, uh, able to hold his side of things and uh, help out that Dodgers outfield. All right, so now uh, on to a preview of the week ahead. Some of the series have already started. Uh, I look at you know, series. Daniel looks at the day-by-days. The only series I really have to uh, tell you to watch is uh, Giants-Dodgers. It is the battle for the top of the National League West. The Giants won 7-2 to last night. As, uh, as they kind of should have. I mean, it was Gonsolin versus Gosman. Gosman had a weird uh, three-inning performance where he had like 80 pitches. That was pretty uh, interesting to see. Tonight, Tuesday, you have uh, Alex Wood going against To Be Determined. So, you know, we'll see what, who that is. Wednesday night, you have Logan Webb versus Julio uh, Urias. Urias, the wins leader, my Cy Young, uh, runner up uh, my Cy Young front runner Julio Urias with that 12 and three record I don't care that his ERA is almost four that is my Cy Young and uh and uh Thursday night you probably have the best pitching matchup of the night uh which Daniel or uh yeah Daniel will get into. I will go over
1: that
0: yeah we're gonna have the Friday episode all right um what do you got for the day-by-day matchups
1: so, today there's a couple good matchups. Uh, Jose Suarez versus James Caprillion to lead off the day uh, in Angels Athletics. Suarez doesn't really go deep into games, so I don't expect him to stay in there for too long. But Caprillion has been uh, pretty excellent in his rookie season. You also have Trevor Rogers going for the Muns against the Nationals. You have John Means. Is he coming back from his injury? Is today his, uh, his first start back? He's back. He's pitching tonight.
0: Yeah, he's back. Yeah, this is his uh, First yeah, first uh <clears throat> yeah, first start since coming off the aisle. John means it's funny. I sometimes I'll look back at my players to watch for 2021. John Means is like one of the only guys that's performing uh well for me. So <laughs> yes, I, I hope I hope he comes back and is able to get a good amount of innings going.
1: Yeah. Um you got him going, you have Wade Miley going for the Reds against the Mets. You have a good, interesting matchup in Rangers-Tigers. You have Dane Dunning versus Tariq Skubel, two very young pitchers who are uh, kind of figuring themselves out. That's a good one. You have Luis Garcia going for the Astros tonight. You have Keuchel going for the White Sox against the Twins. Uh, You have Herman Marquez going for the Rockies against Marco Gonzalez, who has struggled, but, you know, he's still a name. And you have Alex Wood going for the – Giants, I'd say the matchup of the night comes from Padres and Braves. You have Hugh Darvish going against Kyla Muller. Muller's been very good this year uh, in a smaller sample size. And then on a Wednesday, it's a Ray Day. You have Robbie Ray going against the Red Sox. My, how about that? You have Charlie Morton going for the Braves in game two of their doubleheader against the Padres. You have Marcus Stroman going for the Mets. You have Madison Bumgarner going for the Diamondbacks against the Pirates. Um, you have Lance McCullers Jr. going for the Astros against the Indians. Um, you have Logan Webb versus Julio Urias. You have Michael Pineda versus Dylan Cease. Matchup of the night, I, um, excuse, me. excuse me, matchup of the night, I would say, is Kyle Hendricks versus Adam Wainwright in Cubs Cardinals. And then on Thursday, uh, you have Max Freed going for the Braves against the Phillies. You have Albert Auzule versus Ha Sung Kim, and then So it's a very short. There's not a lot of games. Most of the stuff is unannounced. But the matchup of the day, this will probably end up being the matchup of the day, regardless of what else ends up being uh, on the dock for that day. Anthony Discalfani versus Walker Bueller. That's a really good matchup, too. Great pitchers. Each other in the finale, the series finale of Giants-Dodgers.
0: Yep. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I actually was just looking up. James Carpillion was uh in the sunny gray deal he was originally with the yankees did not uh he sure was did not know that but yeah he was a he was the 16th overall pick in the 2015 draft so yeah didn't know he had that uh pedigree um all right well that does it for above replacement radio uh the 134th installment we hope you enjoyed this one uh if you are listening on Apple podcast or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel. It is called above replacement radio. And uh, if you uh, want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you Uh, Enjoy this one. And we hope to see you on Friday where we continue talking about all the happenings in major league baseball. Once again, we will see you then.